twenty-eighth day of the month. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. John 17, verse 18. You are citizens with the saints, and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 20. Today we consider what it means to say that the church is apostolic. In its broadest sense, an apostle is a person who is sent on a mission. In this sense, all Christians are apostles. Some churches refer to their missionary efforts as the apostolate. But early in the life of the church, certain persons became such noted and effective communicators of the gospel that they came to be called the apostles, almost as if there were no others. Although often limited to the twelve, together with Paul, even in a narrow sense more should be included than that. It can well be argued, for example, that the first apostles were Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, since they specifically were sent by the risen Lord to tell the others that he had triumphed over death. The church is apostolic in both senses. All Christians are sent into the world to proclaim the good news, but always they are to measure their understanding against the apostolic faith that which was set forth by those who are closest to Jesus. We who were sent in our own day are not free to invent a new gospel. Our task is to find new ways of proclamation, well suited to our time and place in history, so that our contemporaries can grasp the meaning in this age of what the hymn writer Catherine Henke called the old, old story of Jesus and his love. This is why the content of the Bible is fixed, It records the earliest memories of Jesus. We are not free to add to scriptures our own experiences, as if they too were sacred history. But we are responsible for translating into understandable terms anything in the scriptures that cannot be readily grasped by people in our day. And this translation will take into account our own experiences. This is what it means to say that the church is apostolic. Opening Prayer To you, God, be all glory. From you we have received grace upon grace. To you we owe all allegiance and gratitude. In the midst of the temptations, distractions, and glamour of the world, fasten our attention on the faith we have received from others and are called to share with others. Make us your true apostles through Christ who summons and sends us. Amen. Psalm 96, verses 10 through 13. Get out the message. God rules. He put the world on a firm foundation. He treats everyone fair and square. Let's hear it from sky with earth joining in and a huge round of applause from sea. Let wilderness turn cartwheels. Animals come dance. Put every tree of the forest in the choir an extravaganza before God as he comes, as he comes to set everything right on earth. Set everything right. Treat everyone fair. For the book of Esther, chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. Now the king and Haman came to drink wine with Esther the queen. And the king said to Esther on the second day also as they drank their wine at the banquet, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you, and what is your request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be done. Then Queen Esther replied, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, 
and if it pleases the king, let my life be given as my petition, and my people as my request, for we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. Now if we had only been sold as slaves, men, and women, I, I would have remained silent, for the trouble would not be commensurate with the annoyance to the king. Then King Ahasuerus asked Queen Esther, Who is he, and where is he? Who would presume to do thus? Esther said, A foe and an enemy is this wicked Haman. And Haman became terrified before the king and queen. The king arose in his anger from drinking wine and went into the palace garden. But Haman stayed to beg for his life from Queen Esther, for he saw that harm had been determined against him by the king. Now when the king returned from the palace garden into the palace where they were drinking wine, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was. Then the king said, Will he even assault the queen with me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Then Harbana, one of the eunuchs who were before the king, said, Behold, indeed, the gallows standing at Haman's house fifty cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good on behalf of the king. And the king said, Hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows, which he had prepared for Mordecai, and the king's anger subsided. From the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 11 through 20. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out. But also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this, and the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Many also of those who had believed kept coming confessing and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. And they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. From the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 through 30. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district, and he began teaching in their synagogues, and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and stood up to read, and the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all were speaking well of him, and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. And they were saying, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, No doubt you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we heard was during at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. 
And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. But I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land, and yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And all the people in the synagogues were filled with rage as they heard these things, and they got up and drove him out of the city, and led him to the brow of the hill which their city had been built, in order to throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went his way. These are the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thursday's Prayer God, your glory calls your people to adoration daily. Guide and inspire all who plan and who will take leadership in the worship of our congregation when again we gather in prayer on the Lord's Day. To musicians, lectors, preachers, and all others, give a full measure of your Holy Spirit, that they may glorify not themselves but you. Prepare my heart and the hearts of all your people to receive their ministries with joy and gratitude to you, and extravagant generosity toward others. This we pray through Christ the Risen One. Amen. A prayer by Jeanette Struken from her book, Prayers to Pray Without Really Trying. Lord, why can't folks take me as I am, rather than pushing me at what they expect me to be? Was I shortchanged on patience? Or are they long shots on hope? When I break a little rule, they make a federal case. When I follow the rule, they take it for granted. Whoever wrote, honor thy father and mother, should have had a footnote. Give the kids a break. Amen. The full version of the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen.